Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Grim Scenarios. As always, I am your host, Milk, here with your other host, Emma. Hi, Emma. Hey, Milk. How's it going on this fine Wednesday morning? Happy Wednesday, Emma. Happy Wednesday to everybody who's joining us for this definitely live recording of Grim Scenarios. Yep. And since it's Wednesday, this means we're almost at the end of July, which means that we just have August, September, October, when we are going to be live, doing our first live show at Las Vegas ClockTurricon, which is the official name is Magicians, Gamblers, and Drunks. But the website is, I believe, Vegas ClockTurricon. Let me just put that. Yeah, it's Vegas ClockTurricon is the website. Uh, you should go buy tickets to join us there for our live show. We'll also be hosting games, running games, playing games. A lot of other great people from the community will be there. Tickets are affordable. Vegas is great in October. Vegas is great at any time of year. I personally love Las Vegas. Yep. Take in a show. Enjoy the uh, lovely scenic Fremont uh, downtown district. Old Vegas, as some people call it. Uh, Gamble responsibly. Don't just throw down more money every time you walk past the craps table. Go see a magician. There are magicians there. When you're throwing down money every time you walk past the craps table, they will give you free alcohol. That's true. Gamble and drink, gamble and drink responsibly. Gamble, drink, and watch magic shows responsibly. And play Clock Tower at Vegas Clock Tower Con. Play lots of Clock Tower. Emma and I are going to be hosting a game. Together... We're going to be running our script, A Grim Scenario, that was recently featured by our friends on uh, Connecticut, Blood on the Clock Tower, when we went over there and uh, ran a game. It was fun. And talking about Connecticut, Blood on the Clock Tower, Navian, host of that stream, will also be at Las Vegas Clock Tower Con. They'll be running a bunch of games. I'm signed up for some of their games, and I'll be running a bunch of games at least. Uh, most of my games are pretty full already, because I added my signups early, but I'll probably add a few more to the slot once I know when all my other friends, like... Milk, Avery, Navian are running the games of their own. Yeah, so, I'm going to be throwing up another game or two up there probably as well. Uh, just got to figure out kind of what the time slots are. Don't want to compete with my good friend Emma uh, or my friend Navian. But, uh, you know, there's going to be plenty of games going around. Uh, yeah, and, you know, if you can't make it to Vegas, maybe because you live on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, maybe you can make it to Raven Woodstock next February. That's another one that I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm going. I don't know if Milk is confirmed to be going yet, but... I'm not confirmed to be going uh, due to some work and travel situations, but uh, there's a medium to good chance that I will also be traveling as well. Yeah, so uh, a lot of your favorite British personalities, like Patters and Ed, will be there. I'm sure Ben Burns of, of course, TPI and No World Bards fame will be there. That website is ravenwoodstock.com. Tickets aren't on sale yet, but you can join their mailing list to get notified as soon as they are. And that'll be February 16th to 18th in Coventry in the United Kingdom. And I think our friends Ollie and Claire from um, LGBOTCQ are also going to be helping uh, with that event. Yeah, it's going to be a real good time. I'm personally excited. I've never really been to England outside of Heathrow Airport. So it'll be my first time in this strange country where they speak an unintelligible language. Yeah, I can't understand a word Patter says most of the time. 
anyway, uh, I feel like we're missing one convention, though. I feel like there's an important one, Emma, that we specifically have some business regarding. That's right. There is one more convention that we would like to plug, which is, of course, the original, the first, the biggest Clock Tower Con, which is in D.C. This is ClockTowerCon.com to buy tickets, which are going super fast. This is going to be in April 2024 from 12th to the 14th, just outside Washington, D.C. And there's like 32 airports in the greater Washington, D.C. area, so it's easy to get to from anywhere. Um, if you want to cross the Atlantic Ocean, you can generally get relatively affordable flights from Europe to D.C. because you're just, it's not that different from flying across the United States. Uh, it's local to me. If you want a tour guide, maybe I'll give yeah, you a it's tour. it's local to Milk. Uh, Milk and I will both be there as well. We'll probably be playing games. Hopefully doing a Grim Scenarios live show there. We haven't confirmed that yet, but fingers crossed. Uh, and also, as we promised you last week, we're giving away one free ticket. Now, we got a bunch of entries. It was really fun to hear you talk about your favorite episodes, uh, what scripts you wanted us to see run, what characters you wanted to see us run on Grim Scenarios. And I can promise you, if you submitted something, we will definitely be covering the script and character you submitted at some point. Hopefully in the near future, some of the scripts we'll probably want to play first if we haven't played them just to get a feel for how they work. Um, but we can only give away one free ticket, and we thought it was best to le leave it up to fate. That's right. We rolled randomly. Yep. Uh, I went to the website wheelofnames.com. I entered the name of everyone who entered. I said, Milk, I'm going to spin this wheel twice, and I'm going to keep spinning this wheel until a name comes out twice. I spin the wheel once, and it came up on someone named Brendan. I was like, great. We'll see how many spins more this will have to take, because it's going to be annoying. I span it again, and it came up on Brendan again. So, Brendan, I'm not going to give your last name or email address for privacy persons. You're going to get an email from us later today on Wednesday. On Wednesday? <laughs> not on Sunday. Not on Sunday. We're not recording this on Sunday. This is Wednesday that we'll be doing this. Informing you that you won, but congratulations, Brendan, on your free ticket to ClockTerracon, United States. Uh, we'll be getting in touch with the people who gave us the free ticket to give away and get in touch with them and figure out how we make sure you've confirmed you have this. But it's going to be super exciting. Uh, now, Brendan wanted us to run a strings pulling episode, which I'm sure we'll be able to manage relatively soon. That's that's going to happen soon. Yeah. Uh, focusing on the difference on maybe whether on trying to figure out if you're the drunk or the marionette. That could be exciting. We'll do that, I'm sure. But since we didn't know who was going to win, we did not plan that for this week. We planned to do our to come up to our third of the our trilogy on each of the base three episodes. We are doing BMR again. My favorite of the base threes to play. TB is the best script, but BMR is my favorite of the scripts because where it's unbalanced, I find joy. I I, I have to say uh, also that um, this is. The script that is hardest, I think, for us to prepare for of the base three um, for setting up the scenarios just because of how many different things can happen in the process of making decisions in a scenario. So this is always the one that I'm the, a little bit nervous about, Emma, for us to run on Grim Scenarios of the base of the base three. Well, luckily, Milk, you can keep writing your scenario because I'm going to run my scenario first for you. You're on the good team. You are the sailor. The sailor? I love being the sailor. Seat 1, which is at the top of the grim. I know, I know. It should be seat 12 to make a lineup with the clock. 
but it doesn't work that way. And also, if there's anything other than exactly 12 players playing, it doesn't even matter because none of the numbers line up with the clock position anyway. But it is what it is. Now, look, I wanted to cover the Sailor because I get hear a lot of people complaining about the Sailor. They say, it's an outsider. It just drunk someone. But I think that underestimates how absurdly powerful the ability you can't die is. And the Sailor... The Sailor is one of the two characters I know for a fact was nerfed during the development of Blood on the Clock Tower without it being fundamentally changed in any way because it was too powerful. Yeah, uh, I think... When we look at BMR characters, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, over the last couple of days since we decided we were going to do another BMR episode. When we look at BMR characters, we really have to think of them in two different ways. We have to think of them on BMR, on their home script, and then we have to think about what they do outside of their home script in customs. On BMR, the Sailor is incredibly powerful because the Sailor can use their ability to hunt for people that the storyteller doesn't want to drunk, right? And then the sailor can try to get killed to confirm whether that player is maybe an outsider, maybe a, a, an evil player, right? Maybe the demon, right? You can you can sound sort of you can sound out with sort of almost like almost like dropping depth charges or, or sonar sailor references uh, to find. Um, players that the storyteller doesn't want to drunk. Now that's metaing the storyteller a little bit, which we don't necessarily always want to do, but it is something that you can think about. If the sailor dies, the person that they picked the night before might have been someone that the storyteller didn't want to put the drunk token on. That's powerful. And not being able to die is also powerful, right? Just not being able to die gives you a lot of space to kind of hang around in games as a confirmably good player who lives. For example, on BMR, if you live twice in a row, you're confirmed good. A sailor that lives twice in a row is definitely a confirmed good player. That's a lot of power in one role. That's right. It's a ton of power in one role. So, Milk, you are sat in seat one, and we're going to talk a little bit about what, how, what you do as a sailor on night one, but we're not going to have you actually make a choice, because the choice is somewhat random, but let me ask you generally, what do you sort of think about when you're making your night one choice as a sailor? Um, I mean, like when we talked about Poisoner on Trouble Brewing, there's not a whole lot you can do. You're the first person to pick. You're not going to have any information about what's going on in the Grim. Um, Often, you know, you pick based on the player. You know, you might pick a player who uh, you know, you think will be understanding if their if their information gets drunk. You might just pick a neighbor, right? You could pick yourself. Uh, it's not all that useful to pick yourself. It sort of negates your ability. Um, but that is a thing you could do. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot other than sort of social reasons why you might pick someone. Um, I pick Emma a lot on the first night. Uh, when I'm the sailor, uh, for entirely social reasons. Because I think she's going to be understanding if her information gets drugged. That's right. Anyway, we're going to tell you that it's the top of day two. And the player you drank with last night was sitting in seat eight. Okay. So sorry, it's the top of day one, rather. It's the top of day one, and I drank with the player in seat eight. Yes, you did. So, um... I'm going to let you have your pick of players to talk to for your very first conversation. We'll probably talk to the player in seat 8. Alright, you talk to the player in seat 8. Now, you drank with this player. 
How do you want to approach that? One of the nice things about being the sailor is that as long as you're picking players that the storyteller wants to drunk, you can't die. Revealing your role to the evil team isn't really going to matter all that much. Um, you're always going to know if you die that um, that the that that probably the person you picked has been drunk. That's not entirely true. You could be assassin killed. You could be assassinated. Um, but the fool is generally going to be more interested in saving their life, their own life, and getting evil to hit them in the night in hiding than the sailor is going to be. The sailor can play pretty outed. That said, I don't want to get assassinated here, so I'm going to talk to the player in seat 8 and see if I can find out their role. And so I'm going to ask them if they want to do a hard claim or what, how they'd like to approach sharing information. Did they get information? Mm-hmm. Uh, seat 8 tells you that they are the gossip. All right. What do you tell them? I'm going to claim to be the exorcist. They say, great, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I can claim to be the exorcist is that if they are, in fact, the gossip, their ability is not going to be affected by my drunkenness on day one, because their ability doesn't trigger until the night of night two. Um, so whatever they gossip during the day will then trigger in the night. So as long as I don't drink with them again tomorrow, their gossip should go off. Okay, well... That's a fun conversation. I'm sure there's nothing more to see here. Probably so not. So you go back to town, and you find seats 2, 3, and 12 around. What do you, who do you want to talk to? We'll talk to, seat, we'll talk to seat 2. The reason I'm claiming Exorcist, by the way, is that the Exorcist is a target for kills. And if I cannot be killed in the night, in general, that's a, that's a good place for me to try. That's a good role for me to claim to try to get evils to ping uh, kills off of my protection. That's what I want to do. I, I want to try to get kills pinged off my protection. Or die in the night, so I know that the person I picked might be drunk. Is not drunk. Uh, you go and talk to seat two, mm -hmm. and they tell you, hey, uh, I'm the gossip. You mind gossiping to cover for me? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll be glad to gossip to cover for you. Um, what, uh, do you want me to just copy your gossip, or should I just gossip something random? I say, you know, just got, we want the demon to be confused about who the real gossip is, so maybe not all just copy each other's gossips. Gossip is something you think the demon would want to kill. Fair enough. What do you tell them? Uh, I'll tell them, Exorcist. You concerned at all about this double claim of gossip milk? Not yet. Okay. I mean, it's something that's interesting. I might pick one of the gossips at night, um, just to see what happens. Um... But, I mean, a double claim of gossip on day one. Lots of people gossip on day one. Lots of people do this. I'm the gossip. We've already talked about gossip. You know, I'm the gossip. Uh, uh, you know, can you gossip for me, et cetera, et cetera. So, eh, not so stressed about it. I need to, I need to, I need to remove a squeaky toy from a dog, but uh, otherwise... No worries. And for all of you video watchers, you may have noticed Artemis, my dog, sneaking around in the background of these videos. <laughs> I apologize if you can hear her. Hi, hi. Yeah, we're not going to squeak. We're not going to play with this toy right now. Can you play with a different toy? Can you play with this right now? Thank you. Yeah, this is the audio content our viewers love. Yeah, this Milk is this is the part with dog. the cute dogs. Yeah, tell you what, just just to reward just to reward all of you for hanging around. Oh no, she ran away. I will. All right, all right. You get back to town, and this this time you see seat six, 
seat 12, and let's say seat 9. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Let's talk to 12. Okay. Seat 12 tells you they're really interested in testing any claims of sailor or fool today. How come? Say, well, because if we execute them, we'll know they're good because I've talked to a courtier who's drunk to the DA. Talk to a courtier who's drunk to the DA. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and put you down as the courtier who's drunk to the DA. I don't know what you mean, says C-12. I've just heard of them. I could be in a role swap. Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm happy to uh, I'm I'm happy to uh, let you know if I hear of any sailors uh, or fools, uh, we could test them. Okay, so twelve says, well, I really think it's a good day to do it since I since it will tell us so much information if we someone survives execution today. Okay, uh, well, um, yeah, that sounds great. Let's see if we can make that happen. All right, you have time for one more conversation. And seats six and seats five are around. Let's talk to six, just for symmetry purposes. Oh, perfect. All right, you go and talk to seat six. Seat six says, hey, how's it going? Are you interested in role swapping, maybe? I've been trying to find a good role swap. Oh, what, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you have that you want to role swap? Is it, well, can you tell me what you are first? I want to... Suss out whether you're lying to decide whether I trust you enough for this role swap. I'm the Because I have something juicy. They say, oh, yeah, now that's juicy. Uh, I'm the chambermaid. Oh, you're the chambermaid. Well, I wake up every night, so we definitely don't... You can definitely pick me, because I wake up every night. They say, yeah. So, if you want to pass out this information, I checked seats 8 and seats 2 last night and got a 1. Interesting. 8 and 2 and got a 1. They say, yep. They are both claiming a role that does not wake at night. Seat 6 is interesting. Uh, well, if you can maybe... You're sat next to seat 2. Maybe you can try to push them on it a little bit. Yeah, I can see if that. they'll back down. Uh, but if you want to spread my information and pretend to be the chambermaid, I'll claim to be the sailor. Demon will probably attack you, and hopefully it'll bounce off. I've heard that there's someone out there who really wants to push on a sailor claim. So we might not want to do that. The seat six says, "Oh, fair enough. Maybe tomorrow we can." Yeah, maybe I'll, tomorrow I'll be we more can public do that. about being the sailor tonight. And but yeah, if you could push on my chambermaid info, I want the info out there. I just want to keep getting it. Sounds good. That sounds really good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about role swapping. Sure, let's talk about role swapping. A thing that is definitely good and always helps the good team. Yeah, I think it actually does. Yeah, I think it does too. Um, role swapping is one of those things that requires a little bit of trust. Um, so you need to find a person that you have at least a little bit of social trust with. But even if it's an evil player that you're role-swapping with, you'll probably solve that out a little bit later. So it's not necessarily going to be the worst thing if you reveal um, your role to somebody. It's not necessarily bad to reveal your role, by the way. Um, telling people what you are is a good way to generate social trust. What a role-swap does is it allows you to trust one person to give out information that they've given and then to know that they're uh, and then to know that you are potentially protecting them. Great role swap possibilities are a grandmother and their grandchild. That's a really, really good role swap. Um, a washerwoman and uh, a washerwoman confirmed player are in a really, really good role swap. 
Anywhere where you can trust another player, a Night Watchman and their ping are a great role swap. Anywhere where you have one player who's less valuable and one player who's more valuable. A soldier and a fortune teller rolling, role swapping on TB. A fool and an exorcist role swapping. Or a sailor and a chambermaid even role swapping here. Those are all really, really good options where you're tricking evil into targeting a less good pick for them. Okay. Uh, Milk, what are you thinking about this double claim of gossip now that you have this chambermaid information? I mean, one of them could be... I mean. One of them is certainly not the gossip, um, and the fact that one of them wakes up probably means that this is a role swap between potentially a grand, uh, it's like a double claiming grandmother and grandchild, potentially. Um, that's a possibility. Um, it's correct. So if one of them is the grandmother, that means that I drank with the grandchild, which is the actual gossip. So then seat eight would be the actual gossip, and seat two would be the grandmother. Although, they would not have been able to arrange this or sort it, because I spoke to seat... Oh no, this is day two, right? No, this is day one. Yeah, so yeah, they wouldn't have been able to arrange anything, because I spoke to seat eight first. No one else spoke to seat eight beforehand. So that makes it a double claim, a strict double claim. Which means one of these roles might be a player trying to hide their role, or else uh, it might be an evil player. So we're probably going to try to push on seat two. When you get back to town, seat two leans over to you and says, Hey, by the way, I told you I was the grandmother, right? You did not. Oh, I must have been confused. I'm the grandmother. Right. Okay, cool. So uh, you have a, you have a grandchild out there then somewhere. Okay, that sounds, that sounds good. Thanks. Okay. Uh, is there anyone you want to push on today? Uh, probably seat two with that weird with that weird gossip grandmother stuff, um, but uh, I might try to push on myself today surreptitiously. Can we pick a different toy, Lila? Literally any toy that doesn't squeak that loudly. Can you come here? No, no, you can't, Lila. You be strong. <laughs> sorry, Kim. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but. Um, the idea is either we push on seat two directly or we push on myself and say that I think I'm tea lady protected and would like to be and would like to be tested. Okay. Well, instead, seat nine ends up being executed, but they do not die. Seat nine is executed and does not die. Let's put that down. Day one, XC. Does not die. All right. Well, that suggests that there could be a tea lady in C10 or some other stuff could happen. Yeah. So now we're here. We're here on day two. Night two, rather. Um, what are you thinking? Uh, I think I'm going to drink with this grandmother. And the reason is, if the grandmother is sober yesterday, then they saw their grandchild already uh, so okay two sides to sailor right you either try to drink with people who you think the storyteller will drunk to make you not die or you try to drink with people whose information you won't impact which means you will probably be drunk and will probably die so you have two sides of this if i want to survive if i want me to keep living then i could pick someone whose information i think has already been drunk has has, has already been given and therefore picking them will cause me to die Alternately, I could pick this player in seat nine, 
who was executed and did not die. Now, if I die and they didn't, uh, or if they're executed again tomorrow and potentially survive, that makes them a good player. The problem is the only possibility for that is pacifist or tea lady, a fool would die the second time they're pushed, they're, they're, uh, they're executed. So it's pretty tricky to decide. I don't want to drunk the chambermaid information. That's quite strong. Um, I don't know what the gossip was. I don't remember. I don't think you told me what the gossips were. I didn't tell you the gossips. I'm sorry. I probably should have. Yeah, if the gossips sound like they're strong, I might pick the gossip because maybe I don't want to kill. Well, I'll tell you this. Both seat two and seat eight picked gossips that exactly half the players were the demon in some way or the other. Yeah, I'll just let that go. It's probably not good for me. Um, we could also just randomly drink with somebody else. The courtier claiming to have drunk the DA is probably not a great target. We can just leave that. Um, Let's drink with seat nine is the fool, and it doesn't matter. I'll just be drunked, so there's no point in trying to ping that. Uh, grandmother's already given information. Um, yeah, let's drink with. You know what? We're actually going to go off script here, and we're going to drink with seat seven. Seat seven. Yeah, I'm going to pick another player at random because I don't know that drinking with any of these people is going to be that helpful. All right, well, you wake up, and you discover that seat 12 is dead, seat 7 is dead, and that's it. Two deaths. Uh, you said seat seven or seat nine? You marked seat, seat nine. Seat nine. I meant seat nine. Seat nine is dead. Seat nine didn't die yesterday. But did die in the night. Did today. die in the night. So that probably makes them the fool. Almost certainly the fool. Uh, or a pacifist saved player. Seat 12. Okay, probably the courtier. Doesn't matter if they drunk the DA now. Um, uh, probably need to talk to seat seven. Okay. You go and talk to seat seven, and they say, great, I was looking to someone I hadn't talked to yet for my first conversation of the day. Um, what I'm basically planning to do here is tell the first person I talk to each day that I'm the gambler. I'm going to gamble them in the night to confirm them, and then I'll do the same thing each day, and hopefully we'll get a nice big confirmation chain going. I can tell you that seat five is the innkeeper. Okay, uh, I am the sailor, and I drank with you last night. You mother... <laughs> well, I didn't know you were the gambler, uh, so I drank with you. drinking randomly with people you didn't know about? <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the ways to pick to when you're playing sailor. It happens. So you gambled seat five as the innkeeper, and you survive. Why don't you go and, you know, sound them out a little bit, see if you can get a social read on them. You can gamble me tonight, I won't pick, I won't pick you. I'm so mad at you, Milk. This yeah, is the worst day of my life. Yeah, it's the worst day of your life. Of course it is. Yeah, everything I do is terrible. All right. So Seed Seven's unhappy with you because you they're the gambler and you drink with them. And let's talk a little bit about that. What do you do when players are upset when you drink with them? So, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do mechanically, right? I mean, you picked someone using your ability. It's part of the game. Um you know, you can apologize. You can say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know what your role was. I thought you were, I thought you might, you know, have been a, a, a good, a good choice. You know, I, I picked randomly, you know, it's just the same as when you pick somebody on the first day, right? 
It's just you just didn't know, and you you made a choice. So yeah. All right. Uh, seat eight wants to talk to you again. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Seat eight says, um, "Why'd you want to talk to me first yesterday?" Uh. Oh, I drank with you. I'm the sailor. There you go. All right. So here's something weird that happened. Um. I'm the grandmother. I saw the gossip on seat two. I talked okay. to seat two. They told me they were the minstrel. They didn't know why I'd seen them as the gossip. Then they said, oh, wait, no, I am actually the gossip. And then they ran off to a conversation with seat five. Interesting. Well, I definitely think we should push on seat two because I'm pretty sure they came to me and said they were the grandmother. Uh, they claimed gossip to me. I think uh, they are probably evil. Uh, also, uh, there's a chambermaid one on them. Uh, which makes oh, there's a chambermaid one on the two of you, which means that they don't wake at night, or at least not on the first night. I, I we did agree to a role swap of uh, they'd claim grandmother and I'd claim gossip, but it just gave me a little bit of a weird feeling. So it's good to know you drank with me. I wish you had told me that yesterday before I went and confirmed this with. Yeah, I mean, it might be some player who I now think is probably just evil because I'm pretty sure I was sailor drunk, and I wish we had tested you yesterday to see if I was sailor drunk. I mean, you almost certainly were. There's no reason for the storyteller not to sailor drunk a grandmother on day one. So if you're the grandmother, you were probably sailor drunk. You've probably been shown an evil. Let's kill them. All right. Easy. Uh, we've been going for about 30 minutes, and Milk and I have a tight deadline this Wednesday morning for reasons that not have nothing to do with the TPI Sunday stream. Not even a little bit. Which does not start 39 minutes ago from now, because this is... Wednesday, not Sunday, when the TPI Sunday stream happens. So, I'll just, uh, we'll end this scenario here. I think we've seen a little bit about the issues of the Sailor. You can see how players can get frustrated with the Sailor have lies to them, but that doesn't mean you don't have to lie to the Nook. I think got a lot of good information, mm -hmm. even though he lied a bunch. I'd want to kill seat 2 and seat 5 here, for sure. Yes, and that'd be good, because seat 2 is the assassin and seat 5 is the Shabaloth. Yeah. Uh, you're, of course, the sailor in seat one. Seat seven is, in fact, the gambler who did, in fact, confirm the demon on a demon bluff. Uh, the demon, of course, had whispered the demon bluffs to seat four, the mastermind, who had given them to seat two. Seat after you talked, seat two had originally claimed gossip because that's an assassin bluff, then talked to seat four who said they were going to claim gossip and put the seat two on the minstrel bluff. Uh, then seat two learned about the grandmother thing and hastily switched back to gossip. Uh, seat 11, who you never talked to, was your exorcist. Seat 12 was, in fact, your courtier who drank with the DA. Seat 10 was your tinker. Seat 9 was your fool. Seat 6 was your chambermaid. And seat 3 is your currently evil goon. Nice. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Nice grim. That's a really nice grim, Emma. And I think it, it goes to show like how you can use knowing that someone was probably drunk when you picked them even if you didn't necessarily know that they were definitely drunk. Like, I would have wanted to kill the seat, fi seat five if the gambler lived after after the, after being sailor drunk. Like, there's no reason not to want to go ahead and kill into that or have the gambler re-gamble them when sober. There's there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bits and pieces there. And while you're setting things up, um, we'll probably go to our intermission screen. And during our intermission screen, I will just once again re-plug Las Vegas Clock Tower Con. October 27th to 29th at the Plaza Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. You can get your tickets at VegasClockTowerCon.com The official name of this con is Magicians, Gamblers, and Drunks. 
Uh, Milk and I will be there for our very first live show of Grim Scenarios. We're incredibly excited. We'll also be storytelling a bunch of games. It's going to be a fun old time. If you can't make it to Las Vegas, maybe you live in Europe, you can go to Raven's Woodstock, which is a delightful one. Um, <laughs> uh, Raven's Woodstock is in Coventry in the United Kingdom from the 16th to the 18th of February 2024. I'm definitely going to be there. Lots of friends of ECG and the pod are going to be there. It's going to be a good time. Milk may be there. Other people may be there. Who knows? It's a little bit further out. Less walk down plants. Uh, tickets aren't available yet, but you can join the mailing list at ravenwoodstock.com and you'll be let known when tickets have been released and when the, when tickets are almost sold out. And of course, uh, April 12th to 14th in Washington, D.C., 2024, the first, the original, the biggest Clock Tower Convention, Clock Tower Con, is coming back a second go-round. Uh, Milk will be there, I'll be there, a bunch of our friends will be there, a bunch of your other favorite content creators will be there. You should come, you can go buy badges and go to clocktowercon.com, they are selling out incredibly fast, even though there's like twice as many badges as last year. And with that, hopefully I've burned enough time for Milk to be ready to go. <laughs> Just about, Emma. Just just about. Just about enough fun. All right, Emma. I want you to talk about a specific role that a lot of people struggle with on this script. And that is the Zombool. You're going to be the Zombool in this scenario. We're not going to run a long scenario with the Zombool. Zombools can result in lengthy and complex games. But I want to go through just a little bit of what can happen with a Zombool and why Zombool can be difficult to play. So why don't you give us a couple of thoughts about the Zombool just to start off? All right, so something that's true with a lot of the evil characters on um, BMR in particular is they have to make really interesting strategic choices. And you may be thinking, the Zombool barely gets to make any choices. What are you talking about? It only gets to wake up when something rare happens. No one gets, no one dies during the day. And that's true. But the Zombool has to decide what sort of Zombool claim game they're playing. And there's basically, I think, two valid Zombool strategies. One, let yourself get killed early. Try to hide among the dead. Look socially good. Move on with your life. Uh, there's two ways you can get yourself killed early. First is, of course, being an early execution. Second, and probably more ideal, is if you have a godfather, you can, and an outsider gets executed, the godfather can kill you in the night. But that's, of course, super, super conditional. Now, just remember, it has to be your godfather. Do not let your assassin stab you if you're the Zombul. That does not work. The Zombul's ability to fake death does not defeat the assassin's ability to kill things. The assassin's ability to kill things always wins. So if you want to go for the early night death, your choices are you kill yourself or your godfather kills you. So that's option one of the Zombul. And this is, I think, probably the more socially strong Zombul option. Early night deaths tend to be trusted. Um, if you want to play a very social game, this might be the route for you. The second Zombul strategy is, I think, the more mechanically powerful one. It makes more use of the Zombul's ability. And that's just to stay alive as long as possible with both your lives. Make them kill you twice in the late game. If they have to kill you twice in the late game, they're going to start having to using dead votes to do it the first time, and then they're going to have to use more dead votes. Um, it becomes, you can just start churning through their dead votes, especially if you 
have minions or others on blue canvas they're having to work through they're going to have to churn through dead boats but if you can get to that situation where it's a final three and you have both your lives left you're gonna win that game almost certainly like it's very hard for them to beat you if it's final three and you haven't been tapped once yet as a zone blue and Emma, I'm going to tell you that your minions are, uh, you've already spoken to them on day one. Uh, we're just going to skip through day one here. Uh, your minions are going to be the Devil's Advocate in seat four, and the Godfather in seat 12, who tells you that there is a lunatic, a tinker, and a goon in play. Uh, the lunatic is the player in seat nine. They, uh, you don't know what they think they are, of course. So you don't know who they think their minions are. Yeah, and, but, and again, in BMR, when you're a demon with a lunatic, you can generally meta that your lunatic will have the same token as you. It's not 100% guaranteed the storyteller can put in the second demon type, um, but most of the time the lunatic will have the same token as their demon, just because it's easier to sell illusions to lunatics if their kill patterns are lining up correctly, and every demon in BMR has a different kill pattern. Correct. Your bluffs are also Gambler, Chambermaid, and Tea Lady, uh, which of course aligns with having a Devil's Advocate, and also aligns with uh, having the Zambul token. Uh, talk about bluffing uh, as the Zambul, and which of these bluffs you might take. Oh, right. As a Zambul, I'm probably going to be taking the Gambler bluff. And why is that? Uh, with the Gambler bluff, if I choose to want to die in the night, I have a built-in reason for my death in the night. Yep. And like I said, if I'm trying to, if I think I need to make the social game, I want to be a trusted night death. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I don't want my Devil's Advocate taking that Tea Lady bluff. I want my Devil's Advocate taking that Chambermaid bluff. I want the Godfather taking the Tea Lady bluff super far away from me. Uh, If the DAA wants to set up stuff with the Godfather's neighbors, all power to them. Yep. Um, But that is where I want the Tea Lady bluff going. I don't want to be... (laughs) Because here's the thing. Like, you might think, oh, you can get yourself executed for that early execution, that social play as a Tea Lady neighbor. Yeah, but then you're dead, which means at least one of you and the tea lady's neighbors are evil, which means when they start hunting for zone bulls, the person who died sitting next to a tea lady is going to be on the docket. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, let me ask you another question, uh, because I think this is I think this is a valuable question to ask. Um, when you see the Zombul token, what do you expect to be on the grim in terms of good rolls? Uh, I don't actually have expectations. I know some people think you need to put in all the killers or the game will drag, and that can be true. But you can also have a lot of protection rules so that the Zonbul can kill a lot. I don't have a super expectation here. My guess is with T-Lady and Gambler out of play, this seems like the storyteller has gone for a sort of balanced setup where things can die in the day and things can die in the night. I'm guessing... And what were the outsiders? Lunatic... Lunatic Tinker Goon. Tinker Goon. So we have two more outsiders, which means we have six townsfolk total. Uh, I'm going to guess there's probably a gossip, there's probably an innkeeper, there's probably a sailor, probably a fool. Gossip, innkeeper, sailor, fool... Maybe a grandmother, since that's the only other information role. We know chambermaids out of play. Maybe a pacifist. Though pacifist and DA can be a rough combo for both teams. Just It can just lead to unfun games. It is a possibility. 
Mm-hmm. So that, that, but that's my rough guess. Okay. Um, let me ask you another question, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna posit this in a way that uh, that I think is useful. Um, your lunatic dies on day one by execution. Did they seem to want to die? They figured out that they were the lunatic and decided that they wanted to die, and town obliged them, figuring that a godfather death in the night wasn't going to be so bad this early in the game. Interesting. They also uh, said that they saw the Zambul token. Okay. What would you ideally want your godfather to do with this kill? Kill me. You want your godfather to kill you with this kill immediately? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your godfather probably, when you talk to them, you probably already set this up. You you and most of the evils probably voted on this kill. So, you as the Zambul have died in the night. Like, like I said, this isn't necessarily the most mechanically powerful option. And maybe with this, I'm trading the Chambermaid and Gambler bluff with the DA and myself. Interesting. Because um, I don't want to get in hard conflict with a good player. Why would you not want to? Why would you not want to have a? Yeah, exactly. Why would you not want to have the gambler bluff? Right? It's because it's because you don't necessarily want to get into that hard conflict with another good player. Right? You'd rather just be the really sad chambermaid, who, oh man, I didn't get to get any information. I got sniped night one or day night two. two, Socially trusted. I'm the only death probably that night because it's a boo game. Um, Maybe there was a gossip. Maybe there wasn't. Um, It just looks really good for me. Yeah, and now the thing is, as the game progresses, as players die, as players die in the night, they might figure out that it's a Zambul game, but you've died early. You look very socially trusted. You've died on a one kill night. Um, it might take town some effort to solve this game, and especially to solve that you're specifically the Zambul. Often, late in Zambul games, minions are getting knocked off, not the demon. Yeah, there's other things that help me out. With this early kill. Uh, we know goons in play, and a goon is a very dangerous thing for a Zambul to hit. Correct. Because a goon that gets slipped evil is probably not just going to run out to town and say, I'm the evil goon, I'm the evil goon. Some goons will, but other goons won't. And if you don't know that you're drunk, <laughs> that can be a very unpleasant shock for you when you, don't, when you and your evil team don't fight your execution that hard, and then the game ends. Uh, minstrel is also a dangerous thing for Zambul for the same reason. Uh, and this is just, it's an opportunity shot. Like, hopefully we can sell the Chambermate Gambler thing in a way that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an opportunity shot for me to die early for the, to avoid hard conflict with a good player. Which, you can, if you want to get into hard conflict with a good player as the demon, you should be doing that late. Like, you don't want, as the demon, to be spending your day one saying this person is definitely evil because of my information to a good player because that good player is going to know they're not evil. We've talked about this before. So, like, if I was planning to do something sustained, the gambler buff would be really nice. In the end game, I could get into a conflict with a good player who was already suspicious and say, hey, I I checked them because we were all suspicious of them. They're not what they're claiming. Um, but since I'm dying night two, I don't want that, like I said. And this lets me dodge any concerns about a minstrel or a goon causing an unpleasant surprise end to the game. It does take away my ability to use three lives with the DA, but it does mean my DA can just run around acting as a pacifist, basically. Yep. Or 
can put can put suspicions on players, can make it so that you get kills in the night. I never want them doing anything that sounds like survivability stuff at this right. point. I want them trying to just toss their protections around so I can kill. And the the another piece of this, which uh, in this scenario isn't so important, is as the zombie who has died immediately, you are going to be safe from being chambermaid picked as well, which can be very dangerous for Zumble. Obviously here it's a bluff, but but you know dying early in a game that has a chambermaid in it is very strong for a Zumble. All right. Because the other three demons, of course, they have their waking patterns. Like, they are what they are. Like, other than getting exorcist picked, yeah. um, a chambermaid's going to get the nut. You either line up your black for the chambermaid or you say, I don't care. A zombie cannot control when they wake. Because it's up to the storyteller and who the players vote on and the other mechanical roles that protect from death are in the game. So that means if they're bluffing a role that wakes every night, they can get caught by a chambermaid. I don't have to worry about this here because chambermaid is a bluff. In fact, I am the chambermaid. What are you talking about? Correct. Emma, after a few nights, uh, your godfather gets killed, the player in seat 10 gets killed, the player in seat 11 gets killed, the player in seat uh, the player in seat 3 is dead, the player in seat uh, 6 has died, uh, the player in seat 7 has died, and... These players have more or less outed their roles. Uh, the uh, the player in seat two is the fool. You know that the fool has already lost a life. Uh, and the player in seat eight uh, is the courtier who drunk the Poe. So they've used their ability. And uh, the DA figured out that the player in seat one is the goon. The goon is currently... The goon is currently evil. Yeah, and we never need to pick them again because nothing else here right. can flip a goon. The town suspects that either the player in seat 4 or the player in seat 2 is the devil's advocate, and the town suspects that there is a zombie in play. Okay, what do, what else do we have? Do we have claims for the dead uh, yeah, players? Yeah, we can give you everything from the dead players. Uh, the player in seat 3 is the tinker. Uh, the player in seat 6 is the grandmother... The grandmother died when the player in seat ten. The pacifist died. Uh, that was a that was a multi kill night. Uh, they were the grandchild. Uh, the player in seat eleven was the exorcist who never picked you uh, because you were dead most of the game. And the player in seat seven is the gossip who did get a gossip kill at some point in the game, but I don't you know it doesn't matter what it was necessarily. And just a short sidebar on exorcist. Um, exorcist doesn't say choose a live player. It says choose a player. If you start suspecting it's a zombie game and you're the exorcist, check some of those dead players. Check the dead players you think are the zombie. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a good shot. So, Emma, what do we do here as the dead zombie? Do we stay quiet? Do we try to push worlds? How do we how do we help our team um, who don't look particularly? You know, the DA doesn't look suspicious. The goon. Uh, you know that they're the goon. They're claiming uh, they're claiming minstrel or something. They're claiming tea lady or something. I don't know. Um, they're they're claiming some role, uh, maybe innkeeper. Yeah. So I don't know what my initial information was. Uh, hopefully, you know, and this is one of the problems with the game is like ideally I would have had a zero on two of these players as the dead chambermaid. Mm-hmm. Probably the goon because the goon won't is on my team, and the fool. Um, 
And I because if I had zero into these players, that's the zero on one night of chamber information, that's the demon number in non Pucko world. Right. Um I don't know who where my information was and I couldn't have predicted who was gonna be alive, but say lovey. You don't really know if you gave out your chambermaid information earlier, or you were kind of pushed into it, you know, you might've had to give it away. Um, how does, how does a zombie, how does a zombie make sure they don't get double killed? Is there anything you can really do? Uh, I mean, have true sounding information, obviously. Right. But yeah, it's all the same stuff that always matters. Have true sounding information, have information that if it implicates a good player implicates it in an ambiguous way. So the, good player can look at the other good player it's implicating but also just be socially you if you're a player who normally stays quiet once you're dead stay quiet if you're a player who normally continues to be active and aggressive while dead continue to be active and aggressive like the one thing like the social bluffing part of this game is its most important part and it's the hardest thing for us to cover on grim scenarios but the main thing you want to be good, evil, whatever, is the same. And nothing is more important than it is being the same as here. Now, with what's gone down, the only really player who's going to have a hard time being sold as the Zambul is C10. The reason C10 is going to have a hard time being sold as the Zambul is because of the double kill with the grandmother. Right. Like... There's things that could replicate that, but most of the time a good team's going to win in the world where the evil team sets up the perfect grandmother-grandchild zombie bluff, and they both die in the night together. Yeah, I mean, there's just, that's that's a hard one to dodge, but in most worlds they're not. So, right, so like, hopefully I didn't give a chambermaid one on literally any of these dead players, it's definitely not a two on two dead players. That would be a disaster. Uh, don't side note on bluffing his chambermaid. You didn't get a two night one. Yeah, there are ways to get a two night one as a chambermaid. Most of the time, you didn't. You didn't get a two on night one. You got a one or a zero. You got a one or a zero. Like, look at how many rolls wake up on night one. I mean, if you got a two, you probably hit a goon. There are other ways, but. There's other ways. Like, you could have hit the DA and the Godfather. You could have hit the grandmother and the chambermaid. You could have hit. There's there's 25 rolls on the script. Exactly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them register as waking to a chambermaid on night one. One of those is the chambermaid, so it's seven. That's the lunatic, the sailor, the courtier, the godfather, the DA, the puka, the grandmother. You didn't get a two on night one. You probably didn't get a one. Most of the time you got a zero. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that's kind of covered it, really, Emma. You know, ducking the Zombul out of danger, you know, once they're stussed late in the game, you know, you can DA protect them once, then they get killed, then they get killed again because they can't be DA protected while dead. There's not a, there's not a whole lot else you can do other than just stall. The other thing here is we're going to try to get forced good players to burn dead votes. Maybe even I'll burn my dead vote to look good. Because it doesn't matter all that much. But the important thing is seat one and seat four who are both irrevocably locked into the evil team. I don't want them raising their hand the rest of the game. Why is that? Well, sorry, I will let them raise their hand under one circumstance. 
if seat two and seat eight vote on either seat one and seat four and get exactly two votes on them, right? seat four and seat one should nominate one of the other ones and put exactly two votes on them to the tie. Right. Force dead players to burn their dead votes. Even burn your own dead vote to look good here. Because if the town doesn't kill, the Zombul does. Yeah. So, and you don't want to help the town by using your live votes when you could burn their resource of dead votes. They have more dead votes than you. It's time to burn those, baby. Burn them, burn them, burn them. So, seat one and seat four, make, like, if you die, it's not the end of the world. You can even be double-tapped to Zumble. Don't raise your hand. Don't try to look good by getting, by adding votes onto yourself or seat two or seat eight. Just let make the dead players use their votes. You, you need to force the dead to use their votes here. That's how Zombulls win. Burn out the dead votes. Alright, since we chose for the social play of trying to look socially good by dying early, this is our win con. Our win con is burning out dead votes before they can get around to looking at me as a Zomble candidate. If we had gone for the other game where we tried to force them to kill through me three times, which we could we could have done that. Like this is a setup that allows us to go for the Make you kill them kill me three times. Strategy. But you don't know when you choose. That's the thing. You're not going to know the setup when you decide whether you're going to go a social route or whether you're going to go the let's see how many times it takes them to kill us. So that's a little bit about the Zombul. We might revisit Zombul again in the future uh, with maybe some more specific questions. You can always send us some more specific questions that you have, uh, more specific scenarios that you have. Um, but this is, I think, a pretty good overview of how Zombul might work in a scenario like this. Yeah. And again, apologize for the slightly short episode. It has definitely nothing to do with the fact that our mornings were busy today on Wednesday, and we needed to be finished before the Sunday stream started at 4 p.m. my time, 7 p.m. milk's time on Sunday nights. Uh, that's unrelated. It's definitely not 15 minutes before that stream, and we both don't need to, definitely don't need to break breaks before that because it's a Wednesday morning. It's a Wednesday morning. Remember, magicians, gamblers, and drunks. Las Vegas Clock Tower Con in October. Buy your ticket. Buy, Buy your, your tickets ticket. at VegasClockTowerCon.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, shoot. I, what's the other ones? What are the other ones? Uh, wait, Raven's, uh, Woodstock. Raven- Raven's Woodstock in Coventry, UK, February 16th to 18th, 2024. Can't get tickets for that yet. Join the mailing list. Join the mailing list for tickets for that at RavenWoodstock.com. Clock Tower Con 2024. Get your tickets. They're going fast. April 12th, 2020 to 14th, 2024 at clocktowercon.com. We're going to be at all kinds of stuff. Come see us. Come say hi. Come to our panels. Come to whatever games we're running. We love to see you all. We think you're all great. Until then. May your scenarios stay grim this week. Bye.